please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. Praise God. We're going to continue where we left off last time. Uh, again, it says in James chapter 1 and verse 5, the Apostle James is writing, remember, and he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, I said this is, this is godly wisdom. Praise God. And again, remember, you need to uh, realize, you know, you need to have the realization that you do need wisdom. Uh, and I know we like to be self-sufficient, independent, but, you know, God has wisdom uh, for every situation that you're facing right now and everything that com is coming against you. There's an answer. Hallelujah. You know, and he says, li listen, the first thing you need to do is figure out you, that you are lacking some kind of wisdom unless everything is going perfect for you. And uh, can I just say this? There are levels of perfection as well. <laughs> okay, you might say, well, it is. Well, it depends. All right. Uh, I'm just saying to you, there's always better. There's always more. And God's got an abundance uh, to, uh, to, to give uh, to you. Hallelujah. As long as you ask. And that's why he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, remember again, this ties back to what he said before, that uh, we should be entire, perfect, lacking nothing. And then he says, just in case you lack something, and in this case, wisdom, um, he says, if you, any of you lack wisdom, again, he says, let him ask of God. Don't let him go and call everybody around, you know, that he knows in his little telephone directory. He says, let him ask of God. <laughs> Amen. And notice that he did, it, it doesn't say then that God will think about it. It says, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, notice again that James just says it in the most matter-of-fact way. He says it in the most, you know, assuring way to anybody that's listening. If you ask, you'll receive. And we looked at that before uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. Again, we're not going to look at that now. But again, he says, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. And here it comes, verse 6. And this is what we're going to look at today. He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Oh, I tell you what, <laughs> you know, on that, on that line, we have one of the greatest enemies of faith, and that is doubt. I'm doing a series on faith, and, uh, you know, we're going to have a Bible college series uh, ready uh, fairly soon. Uh, and I don't know when I'm going to tape it, but it's, it's coming along really well. And uh, one of the enemies of faith is actually doubt. I want you to notice that he says, he says let him ask in faith, with no doubting. Whenever we doubt, we don't receive. And, you know, he says here, James is, uh, let, let me just uh, read this and continue on. James says that just as God gives generously and without reservation, he expects us to come to him in faith in the same way. So in just the way God gives, we need to understand that we need to come expecting to receive. Amen? And this is especially true because God is a faith God. Now, uh, you know, when we were looking at the uh, series on faith, we talked about that, that God is a faith God, that God created all things by the, the word of His power. You know, th this is a really powerful... It didn't say by the power of His word. It said by the word of His power because that's where His power is. Hallelujah. And, and so many commentators, you know, as I was reading it and doing a study on it, we, I found out that they, have, they came to uh, um, uh, call that the word of power. When he said, speak to this mountain, you know, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Whoever shall say to this sycamine tree, be, be uprooted, which is a mulberry tree, be uprooted and, you know, throw yourself into the ocean, whatever. That is the word of power. Okay. Hallelujah. And he's, he's saying here again, how did I get onto that? Anyway, <laughs> getting back onto this, because uh, oh, I was talking about the God of uh, faith, that God is a faith God. And we need to understand that the same way that, you know, God expects us 
to walk by faith and not by sight. And this is one of those times when if we ask for wisdom, you know, it is something that when we ask, we need to know what James said is going to come to pass. What God says, he says, if you ask, you'll receive. We need to know that. And this is why he says, let him ask in faith, nothing doubting. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it, it tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because everything that we receive from God is by faith, family. And we need to understand wisdom is no different. Anything and everything in God's kingdom comes by faith. That's the reason I'm doing the series on faith. I'm trying not to preach on faith right now because we're preaching on wisdom. But this is one of those things where we overlap, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to give you a bit of both and excuse me if I keep jumping off into faith, but this is what it's all about. He says, let him ask in faith. This is a faith statement. This is something to do with faith. And again, uh, the reason is because again, Hebrews eleven six tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who, who, watch this now. It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, that's the first thing, or that he exists, but not only that, but must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let him ask in faith, nothing doubting. He's saying you must understand that if you ask in faith, God will reward that. God will reward your faith. And in this case, if it's wisdom that you need, then God will reward you with wisdom. Hallelujah. And you need to know this. Jesus brings all this out very clearly in Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, when he says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you might just get them. <laughs> okay, it's not what he finishes with. He says, and you shall have them. I need you to get this family. I'm, this is just bursting in me right now, okay, if you haven't noticed. But you need to understand that we, when we pray in faith, when we, you know, when we go to God, understand that God isn't holding anything back from you. God is ever willing to give you everything. Remember again that we looked at, you know, in James 1, 5, when, when it got to the end, it says, and it will be given to him with an open hand. Remember I told you that before? Okay, this is how God gives. He's, God isn't tight-fisted. Okay, God stands always open. He always wants to give. And it's, you know, the thing with God is He always gives more than you ask. Isn't that beautiful? That's the kind of God. That, do you know why He does that? Now, God's getting me on a little sidetrack. Let me just go here for a second. Do you know the reason why God does that? Because He wants us to be imitators of Him. And in the same way that when we ask, God gives more than what we ask. He doesn't look at you and go, I don't know if you deserve that or, you know, something else. He always says, oh, you want that? And then He gives liberally. Do you know why He does that? He wants to teach us to do the same thing. He wants to teach us to also do the same, be the same way, live the same way. Be liberal in our love, in our giving, in everything. Kindness, everything. Forgiveness, hello. Okay, <laughs> all those things. The way God gives liberally, He wants us to also do the same. And that's the reason why, you know, if we believe God is a God who just gives liberally and loves and is always overflowing with His mercy and His grace, then we'll be the same way towards other people and God needs us to be that way in the earth, family. Can I just say this? You know, this earth needs people not judging them. This earth needs people loving them and loving them to such a degree that they begin to see the love of God in the church and begin to understand that there is something different about the church of Jesus Christ. There is something different about believers of Jesus Christ. That they are, you know, they're, they're non-judgmental. They love everyone. They know what sin is, okay? And, you know, they know, but they know how to love the sinner even though they don't like the sin. And the reason they don't, they don't like the sin is because the sin is killing the sinner. 
But they love the sinner. See, it's because they love the sinner they can hate the sin. Because they are, they're concerned for the sinner. And their concern for people is so strong. For God so loved the world that he didn't judge the whole bunch of them. <laughs> okay? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He forgave. He loved. He, he just had everything. You know, it, you needed anything. He said, I've got more than enough and I'm willing to give you all of it. Hallelujah. You know, and that's the reason why we get saved, family, as well. And the reason why we want to bring people in the family of God is not for them to change religions or anything, just so that they can come and, be, you know, just receive from the overflow. Can I say that? Amen. Uh, from a God who loves and from a God who forgives and a God who is willing to do much more than you can ask or even think. Hallelujah. Getting back to this. <coughs> um, I've made a statement here. Faith and doubt. Remember, let him ask in faith with no doubting, okay? Faith and doubt cannot exist together in the same person. I'm just pausing for effect now, okay? I'm talking so fast. Get this. You need to get this. Faith and doubt cannot exist in the same person at the same time. In the same person at the same time. They cannot exist together, okay? You need to understand that you either have faith or you're doubting. You can't have both. Meaning that when a person truly believes, they automatically don't doubt. Obviously, okay? And of course, the reverse is also true. If someone does doubt, then they're obviously not in faith. You know, if you're doubting and thinking, I wonder if I'm in faith. You're not. Can I just tell? <laughs> okay? If you've got to think about it, if you're wondering about it, you're not. Because there's something about faith has a massive sense of certainty. It just knows that it knows that it knows. In fact, a person that is in faith, you try to, you know, get them to question anything. They just kind of look at you like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> okay? As far as they're concerned, it's a done deal. Amen. And so if you are thinking, am I in faith? You may not be. Okay? Because when you're in faith, you know it. Just like, you know, I don't have to ask you, you know, you met someone, okay, and all that, all that stuff happens, and, and you're in love, okay? And if I, have to, if I ask you, are you in love? You, you look at me and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean, okay, you won't say, hmm, let me think about it. You know, if you've got to think about it, you ain't in love, <laughs> all right? The same way, if you have to think about it, you're not in faith. I mean, you are either in or out. And if you're out of faith, then you need to know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You need to get back in the Word. Hallelujah. Because that's where faith is, and that's where faith will come, because God will talk to you. And when He talks to you, His Word is alive and powerful. Hallelujah. And that's another faith thing. Anyway, let's get back to this. Therefore, James says again, when James says, excuse me, with no doubting, what he means is that whenever we ask or pray with a heart full of doubt, God doesn't answer because what we are doubting is either his ability to help or his willingness to help. Did you get that? When we doubt, we're either, you know, we're either doubting about his ability to help us or his willingness to help us. All right, when Hebrews 11:6 already stated that he does, meaning that he, can bo he, he both can and will reward those who diligently seek him. He's got the goods, okay? And he wants to bless you with it. You know, I think some of the, the times is, the, the big question with us most, most of the time is, I know God can, but will he? All right, and, and we see a wonderful example of this in Matthew chapter 8. Let's go there very quickly. 
everything we do is very quickly, okay? <laughs> Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. You know, I try to slow down, I can't. Okay, this is my speed. Uh, and, and, you know, because I'm, I'm videotaping all of this, you guys can slow me down. All right, pause and, and re-watch this. Uh, I know some people take an hour and a half sometimes to get through all of this. But so be it. You know, I don't want to stand here and be like one of those people that draw out for one and a half hours. And you think, dear God, you could have said that in 20 minutes. All right, I'm one of those people that does it in 20. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. Uh, it says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him. This is Jesus. And said, Lord, listen very carefully to what he says. Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean. I want you to notice he didn't say, if you can do it. I don't know if you can or can't. He just, he said, I know you can, but are you willing? All right? This is the biggest problem we face, family. So much of the time we know that God knows everything, that, you know, he's just, he's got it all, but is he going to give any of it up? You know, <laughs> we're always wondering that. We, we, because people have preached such, you know, such horrific things about God. And, you know, somebody that went to, you know, heaven uh, sort of said, you know, I was surprised that there are not a lot of preachers up there. I'm not surprised at some of the stuff they preach. I wouldn't let them in either. <laughs> okay? The way they go on about God's always, you know, vengeance. He's always coming at you. He's always testing and trying you and beating you. Who wants to let that into heaven? I don't know. Anyway, this is just me. Okay? Getting back to this. And so again, he, you know, it's, it's, he says here, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3. Matthew 8 and verse 3. Jesus, I love this. Remember, this guy is, is, is a man with leprosy. Nobody touches these people. All right? They're backing off. See, one of the things that they understood was if you come up against somebody that quote-unquote is unclean this guy has leprosy all right is unclean you don't touch that unclean thing uh, so you don't become unclean <laughs> okay you know what I'm trying to say all right and the Jews were just full of it man I mean they were just people that you know whenever they saw an unclean thing they would cross the road and they would put as much distance from them as possible all right and they would just stay away the very thing they were not meant to do they were meant to be the answer to people's problems they were meant to bring the word of God to people and the healing of God to people and yes, there was healing in the Old Testament. Remember Elijah, when, you know, that woman's son dies and he just, he lays on her and brings it back to life. You know, they knew that this was possible. Jesus operated under the Old Covenant, by the way. That's the reason he said in John 14, 12, you know, uh, the, not only will you do these works, but greater works you'll do because I go to the Father because something else is going to happen. A new covenant is going to come in. More power is going to be released. And that's why he said, wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you and, you know, you receive power from on high and so on and so forth. And also there's the power of the new birth. And I, I mean, we could go on and on and on. There was so much that was, uh, again, that was uh, available. I want you to notice that, you know, Jesus didn't cross the road. Jesus didn't say, oh, back off, man. <laughs> okay. Just stay, you stay over there. I'll pray for you from here. Okay. I'll throw a, a cloth on you, a prayer cloth, and maybe that'll work. Let's see what happens. He didn't do that. This, what he does next is incredible, and we should be the same way, family. You know, we should, we should have been the people that are always there to reach out and touch the, pe touch the untouchables, touch the people that society won't touch. Oh, read into that. Okay. All right. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I, I just love that. Before he ever said anything, he touched him. Can you imagine what this man felt when somebody finally reached out and touched him, when everybody else would run away from him, would call him a leper, and would, would, they would yell, unclean, unclean, and throw rocks at him and make sure they don't come anywhere close to them, you know, and including the religious people, obviously. But notice Jesus doesn't do that. He does the exact opposite. Instead of backing off, he goes toward him. He puts his hand out. I love things 
things like this. I love Jesus because of this. He just reaches out and he touches. Before he says anything, he didn't say, be clean. And then he goes, okay, now that he's healed, I can touch him. <laughs> okay? I want you to notice he touched him first. Get the sequence of events here. They're very important. He touched him first. Okay, we're talking about, you know, will God? You know, we, we know God can, but will he? And this is what this leper was asking. And remember, Jesus Christ is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's a John 1.1 1, 1 and John 1.14. And so we know that this is God in the flesh. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything I'm doing reflects what the Father is like and what the Father would do if he was right here. And in me, he is right here. Hallelujah. And so he's, you know, he's here. And notice what he does. The first thing he does is he touches him. And the second thing, he answers his question. And he says, I am willing. Wow. You need to hear those words. They are so beautiful. They should go off on the inside of you right now. When you ask God, I know you can, but will you? And God says to you right now, I'm telling you on behalf of God, He's saying to you right now, whatever your problem is, whatever you've been praying over, God, you're saying, God, I know you can, but will you? And God is saying to you right now, I am willing. Hallelujah. Receive that as a word from God to you. And then he says, be clean. <laughs> Notice after he touched him. Wow. Do you know what is, what's happening here? Listen, get this. You have the power to change something unclean into something clean by touching it. Whereas, whereas the people that are powerless become unclean when they touch something unclean. But you are not part of this world in that way. You might be in the world, but you're not of the world. You are of heaven. You are of another kingdom. You are sons and daughters of God carrying His Spirit and His life on the inside of you. When you touch something, it will become clean. But you need to do it in faith. Don't just go out there and say, let me check all this out. You better not do stuff like that. You need to know. And you know, don't, don't, have, uh, don't be foolish in, in the way you think about yourself. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought you know, some people just think, well, because I know it, I can do it. No, no, no. You know, just because I know carrying weights will give me muscles doesn't mean knowing that I got muscles. I got to go work out now. It's going to take a little time for the little pea that's in there to grow into anything. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm trying to say? And the same way with your faith muscles. You need to practice. You need to work on them. You need to do stuff. You need to, you know, I'm, one of the things that I'll be looking at... Um, well, I'll give you this for free, okay? Uh, <laughs> when we're, this is a tremendous revelation, but, uh, and, and God just gave it to me. I never saw it anywhere. Uh, you know, God just talks to you, okay? Well, he doesn't, you should, he should be. But, you know, I was just thinking about David, and I was thinking about the life of faith, because that's, I'm basically up to that now, and I'm looking at this. This is the last chapter in that particular series called The Life of Faith. And one of the things I was thinking about, you know, I said, Lord, give me some insight and examples into that. And he brought David to mind. I won't give you all of them, I'm just going to everyone okay but he brought David to mind and you know he, he, he was said remember when he went to Saul and he said I'm going to take Goliath and Saul's like are you kidding me <laughs> okay he said this kid you know Goliath has been trained up since he was a youth for battle and I said yeah God I know that but he said yeah but listen to what David said David said I have taken you know I have killed a bear I've killed a lion I can take this turkey <laughs> okay but that what 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 I missed in that and what God said to me was while Goliath was being trained up by men I was training up David 
in the wilderness, when he was watching sheep, when things came up against him, he learned how to walk by faith and fight by faith. He said, I was training him up as well. Oh, hallelujah. It's important that we understand that God's got his own training school going on for you. And he'll train you however he wants to. And no, he didn't send the bear. And no, he didn't send the lion. But when they came, it was an opportunity for him to say to David, All right, David, learn how to trust me in this. Let's do this. Let's go and take him down. Hallelujah. And so, you know what? You know what that told me? Just as Goliath from a youth was being trained up, David from a youth was being trained up as well. Goliath got trained up by men. David got trained up by God. David beat Goliath. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. People say, well, if I don't have a certificate up on my wall, I don't know if I'm qualified. Forget about all that stuff. You know, that's one of the reasons I, I, you know, I really don't want to get accredited for all this, the courses that we're doing. I don't want you to rely on man or man's credentials or man saying to you, oh, we recognize you, therefore, you know, you, every battle you fight, you're going to win. Goliath lost. Listen, it's more important that you receive instruction from, instruction from the Spirit and the Spirit of God and from God Himself than all the education that you can get out here. And I'm not against education. Okay, I, I've gone to school, I've been to uni, all of that stuff. I, you know, I, I love education. I, I mean, I enjoy all of that stuff, but my faith isn't in education. My faith is in God. Do you understand? And the lessons that he teaches me are more valuable and, than any of the other lessons I've learned. And Paul recognizes as well when he said all the qualifications I've had, he says, I count as rubbish and garbage now compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He said, this is important. This is where you learn stuff. This is what works. Because behind this, behind your, you know, natural education is a certificate, but behind God's education is God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, you know, when you go through his school, he's, he didn't say, you got your certificate now, so you all should be able to do this. He says, now that you've been through this, I am here. I'm your shield. I'm your, you know, your, your, your great reward. I'm everything that you ever need. Where are we going to fight today? <laughs> okay, And he goes with you. That's why every time in the Bible he says, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. You know, I am your... Anyway, we could see we're going, we're going there again. But I need you to understand something. That God is more than enough. And I want you to... Let's get back to this because we're going all over the place again, aren't we? Hallelujah. Let's get back to this. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Notice again that Jesus reached out his, uh, and, touched, and uh, you know, touched the man and said, I am willing. And he said, be clean. And watch, it says, immediately he was cured of the leprosy. I want you to notice that this thing couldn't stay. Jesus Christ spoke what I call the, the word of power. He spoke and the thing, whatever was not right became right. Hallelujah. And, you know, whatever was wrong with this man was made right to the point where now he could go and be a part of society again, be a part of a family again. You know, he could get back. See, even though this incident is such a quick thing, the repercussions are incredible. This man was able to go back and live a normal life. And you know what? The whole point of this and getting back to what this was all about was that God is willing. If you ask him, are you willing? He'll say yes, and then he'll speak the answer to you. Hallelujah. In fact, the New Living Translation, uh, it, it doesn't just record, record Jesus saying, I am willing, but him actually saying, I want to be healed. <laughs> okay? Because he, he was kind of saying, if you want to, you can make me heal, and he goes, I want to. 
be healed. All right, I love that. Hallelujah. This is something we must be sure of every time we go to God, that He is not only well able to help us, but more than willing to as well. If we don't, our doubts will get the better of us. And as James so graphically puts it now in the rest of uh, verse 6, he says, For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Now, the reason that James uses this imagery, James used it because he grew up in Nazareth, uh, and it was about 30 kilometers from both the Lake of Galilee and the Mediterranean Sea. And he saw firsthand the way that the waves moved up and down and how whenever the wind changed direction, so did the waves. Okay, so he saw how, you know, one thing was constantly being affected by another. So remember what Jesus always did? Jesus always used pictures to, to minister the word. Remember that? Okay, and remember James is doing the same thing. He does this over and over again. Just the way Jesus would say, look at the birds of the field, or look at the grass, or, you know, oh, birds of the field, birds of the air, and <laughs> grass of the field, okay? And he would just always point to things. And in the same way, James points to things. He says, look at the ocean, <laughs> okay? Okay? And he says, see how the waves, you know, they just get tossed. Whichever way the wind blows, they, they get tossed. And that's the way a person that doubt is. You know, it, it, the wind blows in this direction, go, oh no, this is going to happen. Wind blows in that direction, oh, maybe that's going to, okay. They're just constantly, it just, in, 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 notice he says, uh, uh, let me continue here. All right, again, he says, so what he who does is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. And I want you to notice that the, 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 he's saying don't be like the ocean that has no uh, direction, that, you know, it's, it's constantly being affected by the circumstances around it. Do you all get that? Okay. In fact, Douglas J. Move says that the picture here is not of a wave mounting in height and crashing to the shore. That's what he's talking about. But the swell of the sea, all right, the, in the middle of the ocean, the swell of the sea never having the same texture and shape from moment to moment but always changing with the variations in wind direction and strength. In short, the person who doubts, listen, is as one who lives in, in inner conflict between trust and distrust of God. It is a person who is constantly unsettled and frequently unstable and always restless. Let's stop there for a second. The, see, the whole point of that imagery of you know, the wind blowing and the, and the waves just going from place to place is a restlessness, is an unstable, you know, a very unstable person. It's not a person that knows how to be still and know that God is God. This is a person that's running around all over the place. They're worried about everything. They freak out about things constantly. You know, they have this fear constantly in their life that's kind of going, what if this happens? What if that happens? And you know, they're just all over the place. In fact, in his commentary, R. Kent Hughes goes as far as to say that the doubter is completely out of control. He is on a wild ride to nowhere. <laughs> I really like that. Okay. Can I say that again? I really love R. Kent Hughes. He's a funny man. Uh, he says the doubter is completely out of control. Listen, he is on a, on a wild ride to nowhere. Okay. I mean, he's just going crazy, getting nowhere. Amen. And don't be that person. And to this, Dr. J. Move writes, he wants the wisdom of God one day and the wisdom of the world the next. Now, that's so important. I, I want to stop here because this is, this is so key, that what he says here. He wants the wisdom of God one day and then the wisdom of the world next. In other words, he goes to God and God, you know, he prays and God says, I'm, you know, I'm your great and exceeding reward. I'll look after you. I'm more than what you need, blah, 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 blah. God just pours this into him and he comes out all happy and, you know, feels like, okay, I got an answer from God, and then, and then the devil sits there and goes, 
yeah, but what if it doesn't work? Do you have a backup plan? You know, I mean, what happens if, and it's all these ifs. You know, remember what the devil did with Eve. He questioned God's word. He always questions God and his word. And that's what the devil will always do. He'll always come in and question God and question his word. Did you hear? Did God say that? You know, maybe you heard wrong. And he'll just get you to the place where you begin to doubt Do you hear what I'm saying now? And you become like this ocean that just never can settle. And how can God ever reward you when one moment you are acting on God's word and the next moment you drop all of that and somebody says, you know what, just in case you should do this, this, and this. And you think, oh, maybe I should do that. And it's totally contrary to what God had just asked you to do. What's God going to do? He can't, you know, he's not going to transgress your will. Amen. And so he's just going to let go of it, which is why... Uh, James goes into saying, James 1, 7, we'll finish with this verse and pick it up next time. He says, for let not that man or woman think, expect, or even begin to suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He, James says, don't even, let, you know, don't even think that you're going to get anything from God. Don't imagine, don't expect anything from God. Are you all with me? He's saying, that, you know, forget about it. If you are going to doubt What you're doing is closing the door on your faith. And you are closing the door, listen, to the supernatural and the power of God. And everything that God and all of his angels are willing to and able to do on your behalf is now all shut down because you decide you're going to go a different way. Don't do that, family. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't want to leave you on a downer. Just, rem- <laughs> just remember again that James began all of this by saying, if you lack wisdom, let him after God who gives to all liberally without, you know, he, he doesn't hold back. He won't, re- you know, it says without reproach, but he's not going to scold you. He's not going to, you know, get upset with you. He wants to give you. He wants to bless you. But you must ask in faith without doubting. Amen? I've got to stop because I've run out of time. God bless you. Thank you so much for, for, for uh, being here again. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for, we thank you for your word, Father. And we just thank you for all that we are receiving from you through your word. We thank you for the wisdom that we're receiving. We thank you, Father, for the insight that we're receiving. We thank you, Father, that we want to be a people that understand that if ever we lack anything, that we can go to you, God. And you are a God that always gives more than what we ask for. You are a God of abundance. And we receive, Father, that abundance from you right now in the name of Jesus. Whether it's wisdom, whether it's finances, whatever it is, we just thank you, God, that you just open up and you just pour out. And, Father, on our side, we receive. (laughs) Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And not just to be blessed, but we also want to be blessings as well. Then, Father, so I just thank you for everybody out there right now. I just thank you, Lord, that they receive from you whatever wisdom that they need and whatever provision and protection that they need. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.